Hello, my name is Dr. Kim Farina. I'm a veterinarian and host of Pause and Reflect with Zoetis, provided to you by Zoetis. Welcome to season eight. We will continue to cover a variety of topics that will help you succeed in veterinary medicine. We'll also keep the focus on corporate veterinary practice. So for veterinarians who work in these spaces, this will be super helpful. Season eight has four episodes covering different types of veterinary care models. We're exploring everything from value-based care to whole health care. Now, what are we talking about? Well, I can tell you right now, it's important. So you're gonna wanna listen in. As pet ownership continues to grow and professional well-being remains top of mind, different veterinary models are essential to wrap your head around to help animals that need our care. Today's episode, we will explore the concept of whole health pet care. Our guest today is Dr. Whitney Miller, Chief Veterinarian of Petco, who is also board certified in veterinary preventive medicine. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Kim. Great to be here. Well, we are super glad that you're here. So, so tell us a little bit about yourself and your role as Chief Veterinarian. Yeah, so um, I've been with Petco. This is my six. Uh, this month is my six-year anniversary, and I've been in a variety of roles. But very happy to have moved into the chief veterinarian role recently, which is a new position here at Petco as we really grow our footprint as a health and wellness company. And I take that role and describe it as really um, leading the medical and subject matter expertise for the entire company. So that includes our direct care veterinary services and the team that uh, leads that in the field, as well as our subject matter expertise supporting the entire enterprise from questions around new products and um, public relations, legal questions. I, I really joke any question that needs a vet's opinion comes to me and my team. And it's a joke, but it's actually uh, totally true. So we really have that footprint in the enterprise as the subject matter expertise for the entire corporation. Well, and, and you have, you know, you've spent time in general practice, emergency medicine, and now you're part of Petco's leadership team as chief veterinarian. So this is perfect for you. So, but what's interesting is that you've had the opportunity to experience different veterinary practice models. And the question I have is, can they all exist in the veterinary space or does the profession just have to pick one and stick with it? Well, yes, I've been very fortunate to have worked in many different practice roles, um, like you said, not only um, the type of practice with general emergency shelter and other roles, but also the type of practice um, from an ownership standpoint, from sole practitioner um, owned hospitals to corporate locations, shareholder practices, and even a practice on a military base. So just ran the gamut of types of situations that I have worked in. And I would say that absolutely there's room in our profession for all of these different models because just like um, there is not one veterinarian out there that, you know, we're not clones of each other. There's also not one type of pet owner and also not one type of way to, to, to deliver veterinary services. So really having all of these different models not only provides a really great array of uh, employment and work opportunities for veterinarians and veterinary team members, but also really improves access 
access to care for all of our pet owners. We know that access to care is a huge topic in our profession and something that we all care about providing and access to veterinary services for pet owners. So allowing for all these different models is a key to providing that access to care. Yeah. And so so let's talk about one of these models. So you recently presented the concept of whole health care at the Veterinary Innovation Summit. So tell us more about this concept, because I know there's like physical health and mental health and home health and social health. Tell us more. Yeah, so this was really an all-hands-on-deck initiative within Petco to really put together a very simple, straightforward, not just visual way to represent all of the aspects of pet health, but also a philosophy around how we care for our pets and how not only we as veterinarians, but all of the folks out there that are involved both in delivering uh, pet care for pet owners, but also for the pet owners themselves. So as you said, there are are five aspects to that whole health wheel that we talk about, and it really drives all of our initiatives at Petco. We want everything that we do as a health and wellness company to be based in that whole health philosophy. And in in bringing that to the Veterinary Innovation Summit and really to the industry is to just talk about how we as veterinarians, we know we play such an important role in the health of pets, but how can we also deliver on other aspects of things that are important in pet health? We really, as veterinarians, focus, as we should, on that physical health aspect of pet lives. But how can we also provide that expert-based recommendations and solutions for things like social health and home health and um, accessible health and other things that are really important in a pet's life. And really what the goal of the presentation was about was not just introducing this philosophy of the whole health wheel, but also talking to veterinarians about how we don't have to do it all. We don't have to do everything for a pet's life within our one hospital. We have opportunity for partnerships. We have opportunity for, um, you know, referring and delivering care through other means that pets need. So, hey, you don't have a groomer on your staff in your practice make sure that you have a, um, a, you know, a relationship with a groomer that you trust if you need to refer a pet out or a certified dog trainer or, you know, other things out there. A lot of folks are looking for virtual care needs. So what company out there or organization or even individuals out there that you can partner with? So what you're saying, though, is is that the wheel lives in veterinary medicine, if I understand you correctly. But it doesn't all have to fall on the veterinarian's shoulder that we can have partnerships that help us achieve all these aspects of the wheel. Yeah, so I wouldn't say that the wheel strictly lives in veterinary medicine. I think the great thing about the wheel is that it is, again, a representation of all of those aspects of pet health that both live within veterinary medicine, as well as just the broader pet care industry. And 
really helping veterinarians as well as other pet professionals look at the other aspects of health that they may not be spending the majority of their time supporting. Again, as veterinarians, we are really focused as we should be on that physical health, preventative care, sick care, those things that we spend so much time supporting for pets and pet parents, but also how we can be that expert advisor on other aspects of pet health. Mm -hmm. I actually, I I, want to talk about that in a minute, which you brought up some some excellent points. Um, one thing I want to talk about first, though, is that pet owners have a lot of wants that may be beyond their pet's medical needs. So how can we support clients when our profession is already stretched so thin and it's like appointments are being booked out like months ahead of time? If the last almost now two years has taught us anything, I think it has really revealed a capacity issue in our profession, both for just the number of veterinarians, veterinary technicians and uh, labor market that we have, but also just the burden on the existing veterinarians and teams, because while at the same time we have such high demand, we also have such a well-being concern for our uh, veterinarians and team members. So how can they deliver all of these things that pet owners are asking for without continuing to overwhelm their ability to provide that. And that gets back to what I was talking about with providing um, those services, but you don't always have to do it yourself. Have that relationship with trusted professionals out there that can provide what your pet owners are asking for, whether it be virtual care or access to other uh, means of healthcare for their pet. And we're never going to get away from the need of in-person veterinary services. I feel very strongly of that. I know that there is a concern out there that there is a migration of services away from the in-person care, but this is still going to be the mainstay of our profession. But pet parents need that um, ability to be efficient and, again, have access to different care and services. So I really think trusted partnerships is the way for our veterinarians to have that ability without putting even more burden on themselves. Yeah, right. And and let's talk about these trusted relationships and, and the, the pet professionals, because I, I want to talk about pet care teams, like teams outside of like veterinary medicine, because how do you think these teams can help pet owners? But you and I know without crossing the line by offering medical advice. So yeah, Kim, I think that really looking internally at the community, not only listening to our clients about positive relationships that they have with other folks in the community to provide some of those other aspects of care for their pets, also from our own veterinary team members that have those relationships. And then just as we know in our profession where we have trusted organizations provide either membership organizations 
or organizations that provide certification, there are many folks out there that have those certifications and other aspects like certified dog trainers, like certified groomers, and other professionals that we can look to um, to be able to refer. And then obviously, um, you know, looking back uh, internally at my role, you know, wanting to have those trusted companies that you have out there to also be a partner. Um, I know a lot of our uh, hospitals have their own online pharmacy for their practice because you they have a trusted partner, whether it be some of the major players out there um, or a local pharmacy that they can trust to refer their, their clients to. And it's just looking just as we uh, want to have that trusted online pharmacy access for our uh, clients and patients, looking beyond that to some of the other aspects that folks are interested in with things like social health, home health, um, behavior uh, training, and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, as I mentioned about that medical advice, we're not hunting or saying like, like the, the medical advice still stays in veterinary medicine, but look at this great opportunity for these other partnerships with trusted professionals to help fill in the rest of the whole health for the pet, right? Absolutely. And that's, I think, a key to that trusted relationship is having folks that you know are not going to cross that line. That when they might get a question or a concern from that pet owner of something that really requires consultation with their veterinarian, that they know that client is going to refer them back. And I liken it, while it's not exactly apples to apples, to how strong uh, most veterinary practices have referral relationships relationships with their emergency and local specialty hospitals. They refer out for those needs, but they know in that relationship that that hospital will refer back for um, the ongoing preventative and lifelong care that that pet needs. And it's the same trust that you would build with other pet professionals and other folks providing, uh, again, care that the pet may need outside of veterinary care and know that they're referring back to the veterinarian for appropriate things that need that consultation and advice. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Great. Well, actually, I want to talk about well-being in a, in a second. But first, this is the place in the show where we pause just for a moment for a pause and reflect with Zoetis quiz. So as our listeners may recall, uh, we always have at least one quiz on a topic that has nothing, nada, to do with veterinary medicine. So we know, Dr. Miller, you're a whiz at veterinary medicine, but how are you on current events? <laughs> hmm. So don't worry about anything because these quizzes, we, we have, we, they're just here for fun. We have no prizes. Um, I have a bell to ring to, to be musical. Um, and so what I, what's going to happen is I'm going to read you some current event statements and you just fill in the correct answer. Does that work? All right. We'll see how this goes. (laughs) Okay. Question number one. Astronomers may have spotted the first known blank in another galaxy. Planet? Very good. The potential world called M51 ULS1B orbits 
both a massive star and a dead star about 28 million light years from Earth, the object's existence, if confirmed, suggests that there may be many other extragalactic exoplanets waiting to be discovered. Very good. Question number two. The kids aren't all right. Children born in 2020 could live through seven times as many blank as people born in 1960. Oh, goodness. Pandemics? No. I have no idea. <laughs> no. Good, good guess. Extreme heat waves. That's ah. actually what the climate scientists have reported in Science Journal. So, well, that's good because I hope my kids don't have to live through seven other pandemics. This one has been enough. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. All right. Question number four superheroes. Oh my gosh, they come in all different shapes and sizes. The International Fund for Animal Welfare recently honored Bear, an Australian coolie, with the Animal of the Year Award. Why? I have no idea. Take a guess. (laughs) Um, Let's see, superheroes. Being able to sniff out COVID? <laughs> you're, you're close. They can sniff out something, so I'll give you a little bell. Listen. <laughs> well, that was kind of loud. All right, but you're, you're, you're close. This six-year-old dog, so a coolie kind of looks like an Australian cattle dog, but with different coloring, helped save over 100 koalas from the devastating bushfires that swept across New South Wales, Australia from June 2019 to May 2020. He sniffed out over 100 stranded koalas. Isn't that cool? Love it. All right. Question number four. Thanks to the hard work of companies like SpaceX, Virgin Galactic, and Blue Origin, space tourism is becoming a reality. The world's first blank plans to open in 2027. Ooh. The world's first. Well, I mean, I want to say like other space station for folks to go to. I want to say, is it like airport for space travel? Ah, close. (laughs) A hotel. Ah. Yes, the world's first space hotel named the Voyager Station is being built by Orbital Assembly Corporation and is currently under construction. Would you stay at a hotel out in space? Well, I think that that's more worth it because I saw that the recent trip uh, with uh, Michael Irvin and um, the other folks that are that were you know related to previous um, astronauts that their trip was only eleven minutes, and I thought that that was a lot of work for eleven minutes. So I think that going up in a hotel might be more worth it. All right, excellent, very cool, nice work. See, it wasn't too painful, was it? I I I feel like I'm on jaywalking where I got very few right, but it's all fun. <laughs> <laughs> you did great. You did great. All right. So let's let's get back to our interview. So how can the whole health approach help alleviate some of the demands on a profession that's already strained? We talked about this earlier, but I want to look at it through the well-being lens. Absolutely, Kim. And if the almost last two years has taught us anything, it's that, you know, we have a lot of burden on our profession. And we have a lot of patients and clients out there that need care and that we can't do it all. I think that's really the headline here is we can't do it all and we don't have to do it all. We have an entire community of pet professionals and pet folks out there that we can lean on and 
provide and create those relationships with to help provide, again, that whole health care that a pet needs outside of the physical health or some of the other ways that veterinarians are providing that care, how can we refer out and have those trusted relationships? So again, back to, you know, my favorite example is that relationship with a trusted dog trainer. We know that so many of our patients are coming in with behavioral questions, behavioral concerns. We have our awesome veterinarians that are board certified behaviorists, but we also have a lot of dog trainers that are certified out there. So let's make sure we have those relationships for proper referrals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. So, so I want to switch gears. Um, what tips do you have for veterinarians when it comes to communicating with pet owners? I mean, I understand there are just some key components to making communications as effective as possible, like being proactive, being reasonable. What do you think? Yeah. So I think that everybody has their own communication style. We all know that, but there's definitely some tips and tricks to improve that client communication because I think right now also everybody's feeling overwhelmed, right? We've all been had a really tough, now almost two years. It's not like everybody's life was a piece of cake before the pandemic hit. And now we have all these additional stressors in our lives as well. So I think just really, I focus on being very direct, um, transparent, and honest with my patients. Well, my clients, I also am transparent and honest with my patients, Um, (laughs) but being very open and transparent with clients. And I really talk to our doctors and our team about, you know, meeting the client where they are. I think that we have a big challenge. um, You know, all of our clients want to do the best for their pets. And Sometimes there are just certain things, whether it be financial or other challenges, that we have to sometimes, you know, talk about adjusting the plan um, or even that really tough quality of life discussion. So I think really getting back to, you know, being direct, meeting the client where they're at, make sure we're listening. I think that, you know, communications professionals always joke that the key to communication is not talking, it's it's listening. And I w- would just encourage all of our folks to remember that as well. Yeah, well, of course, it's why we have two ears and only one mouth, right? <laughs> exactly. Yep. <laughs> so we have so many new pets in households these days. What are some new opportunities for the veterinarian and client relationship that are more relevant now than, you know, perhaps not in the past? Well, I think that, again, just really opens up all of the opportunities that we have as veterinarians in our amazing profession. And in conjunction with that increase in pet ownership, we also continue to see that upward trend of a really strong and increasingly strong human-animal bond where our clients really truly believe and live their lives with their pets as members of the family. So I think that, you know, there's kind of the the I think more straightforward things out there about, you know, ensuring that pets get proper preventative care and really kind of 
um, decreasing risk and having pet owners come in earlier in any concern with their pets. But I think that a real opportunity as veterinarians is to just, you know, continue to promote that lifelong bond with pet parents and their new pets. I think that folks, uh, you know, I have three kids. I, you know, even before my kids were born, I was establishing their relationship with their pediatrician. And we have that kind of bond with our clients. And so making sure that that is not a burden, it's a blessing. Yeah, right, right. And now with so many of us, or, you know, pet owners returning to work and everyone's lives are just getting so busy. I think convenience this is, is becoming so critical. So how do we make it easier for pets to get the care that they need? Yeah. And I think that's, um, you know, very much the million dollar question, right? Both convenience on the part of the client, but also, you know, back to easing the burden on the veterinarian and the veterinary team. We've seen all kinds of startups and um, uh, new companies in the telehealth space. So I think absolutely when we talk about having trusted partners, having a trusted partner in the telehealth space is going to become increasingly important for our veterinary practices out there, as well as having, um, you know, ability for that pet parent to just have access to credible information. We don't want them doctor Googling out there. We want them to have access to on-demand, credible um, information when they have a question about their pet. And we all know it's not from nine to five when they have those questions. It's 11 o'clock at night when the pet might have thrown up or they got into something and they're on their phone looking up um, because they're worried. And so, you know, they're going to have, you know, that fridge magnet or have saved in their phone the number to your hospital and where are you referring them to to get that credible information. We all know just like our general practices are overwhelmed, our emergency practices are just running and on a hamster wheel trying to keep up with the demand. Um, so how can we offer not only that referral to an emergency when appropriate, but again, that out of off hours, credible information for pet parents to get and answer questions at off hours. Yes, I, I think that critical information is so key. You you just hit it on the head. I I I, I think I love that. Uh, we have time for one more question. So, your career really has been incredible so far, and no doubt you have had you have plenty of wisdom. You've had so much experience. What advice would you give to a veterinarian who may be thinking of just expanding their career opportunities in veterinary medicine? Yeah, Kim. So I, I love this question and I could do a whole nother podcast <laughs> just on this topic because I, not only do I feel so blessed with all of the amazing things that I have been able to do in my career thus far, but I also really have a personal passion to not just connect with colleagues in the profession, but also support in any way I can our colleagues that are either just looking to make a career change 
change just for kind of the next step. They're ready for that next step. But also any of our colleagues that might be struggling and looking for a change in their career path for their own well-being, family issues, anything, any reason that they need to look for kind of that that shift. So, you know, when looking at, you know, how you approach when you're ready for that career change and looking at the options out there, obviously just you know, talking to folks about what different careers folks may have had, I think really opens up, um, you know, the eyes of some uh, of our colleagues that maybe have not had experience in some different areas that are out there. Um, Because there are really so many options. And then, you know, having a life outside of veterinary medicine, I, I talk about that all the time. And we don't, I think necessarily always think of that as important when we're talking about our career. But I think that just having that, again, caring for your whole self first is really uh, a key in making sure you're going to make the right decision for the next step in your career. And then finally, really honing in on what um, additional skills would be differentiating for you in taking that next step. Are you interested in? Um, the pharma world. You know, we have our wonderful uh, sponsors here with Zoetis. Talk to some folks at Zoetis and and talk to them about, you know, what additional credentials or what additional skills are, are folks in a certain area looking for in hiring veterinarians. And there's a lot of Um, you know, different positions out there and different opportunities. And right now we all know (laughs) the demand for veterinarians, not just in our practices, hospitals, clinics, um, and otherwise, but also there is a lot of opportunity in outside of practice careers, whether it be in direct support of clinical practice or other careers that maybe folks um, want to explore or even just take that leap. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Take the leap. So, well, unfortunately, I don't know how this happens, but we're out of time. This stinks. But thank you, <laughs> Dr. Miller, for joining us today. It was so nice to have you here with us. Yep, absolutely. Thank you so much. And thanks so, so much to Zoetis for the invitation to participate. This is the third episode of season eight of Pause and Reflect from Zoetis, but get ready. Episode four is coming up with some juicy information from the president of PetSmart Charities. You don't want to miss it. Subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you listen to, and you will be notified when it launches. I'm Dr. Kim Farina, and this has been Pause and Reflect with Zoetis. Zoetis.